0: Whether you drive a car, need a car, or just occasionally bum a ride with friends, you've come to the right place. Join the editors of Consumer Guide Automotive as they break down everything that's going on in the auto world. New car reviews, shopping tips, driving green, electric cars, classic cars, and plenty of great guests. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. Here's your host. Tom Appel. All right, this is
1: the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast, and I am Tom Appel, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, please give us a visit at consumerguide.com. Be sure to check out our 2020 Best Buy Picks. This list is an excellent starting place if you are looking for a new car or crossover. You will also want to check out our blog for complete reviews of all the vehicles we're driving here at Consumer Guide, plus all sorts of other fun auto-related stuff. And if you have missed an episode or two, which is tough to forgive you for, Uh, you can stream back episodes of the Car Stuff Podcast right there on our homepage. Okay, let's see who is online with us today. She is the managing editor of Pickup Truck Plus SUV Talk. She is the driving force behind the Drive She Said blog. She is Jill Simonillo. Hey, Jill.
2: Hello. How's it going? It is going as well as can be expected um, without donuts. I feel like we failed to mention the lack of donuts the last couple of weeks, so I just had to throw that in there.
1: No, no, I was actually not mentioning donuts. I thought maybe the topic was going soft on us. And then I was just going to mention this. Uh, someone on Facebook noted that he listens for the donut chatter. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, what the heck? We're, well, you know, you know
2: we're, there's all kinds of donuts. Yeah. Who cares about the cars? Let's, let's talk donuts.
1: Yeah, I kind of like to think this is a car show with incidental donut talk. But,
2: but you I mean, can do donuts with cars. There you go. See the connection?
1: Sort of. Okay. All right. All right. He is the senior editor here at Consumer Guide. He is president of the Midwest Automotive Media Association, and he's one heck of a foosball player. Welcome, Damon Bell.
3: Oh, he, actually, I am one heck of a foosball player. Dude, you I know. How I, can,
1: <laughs> I watched you play football one time. I watched you play one time at a, at a bar here near the office, and, and you played like a man possessed. <laughs>
3: You know how you can tell if someone's a good foosball player uh, within seconds of them, w- within seconds of the game starting? No. If they frantically spin the the handles and make the guys, you know, frantically spin, then they don't know what they're doing. Oh. Uh, you got to control <laughs> it. Spinning doesn't get you anything.
1: Oh, see that?
3: Yep.
2: There you go. That Thank is all I've
1: ever done.
3: No. Yep. Spinning's no good, and now, gosh, now you're making me wistful and nostalgic. Because, yeah, where are we gonna go play foosball these days? Do I don't have, have a. I don't have a table. Actually, actually, my kids. We have a very small table, but it's not the same thing as a full size, uh, <laughs> sit on the floor, heavy duty uh, table like you'd find in a bar.
1: Yeah. Wow. So yeah. Okay. Nostalgic for bars and foosball tables. <laughs>
3: And donuts. and donuts. And donuts. Yes, let's, let's not forget donuts are the universal
1: language. They are. All right, so <laughs> after the first break, we talked to Dave Sloan. Dave is the president of the Chicago Automobile Trade Association and a man closely watching the quickly changing auto show schedule. We will talk to Dave about that and what the CATA is doing in conjunction with the USO of Illinois. You don't want to miss this conversation. But first, guys, finally finally a really important big vehicle launch and we have driven that vehicle it seems like we've been waiting now for what two three eight years for this vehicle to show <laughs> up in our hands. but yes. damon, damon tell us about this car
3: yeah well ac- actually this the vehicle that we uh all drove is is just one of many different versions uh late last year uh gm announced that they uh, uh unveiled the completely redesigned for 2021 versions of their full-size SUVs. Those are the biggest of the big. Um, it's the Chevy Tahoe and Suburban, the GMC Yukon and Yukon XL, and the Cadillac Escalade and Escalade ESV. So all of those vehicles share a basic uh, platform, you know, chassis, underbody engineering, and then they get different bodywork, work, uh, uh, different interiors, uh, Uh, Engines too are are shared between them, but the first one of those vehicles that we have gotten to take a crack at uh, doing full road tests on is the GMC Yukon Denali. So Denali is the top luxury trim uh, trim level for uh, GMC, so we got to drive the decked out uh, Yukon Denali.
1: Yeah. It was good to see this thing. And it's interesting too, I think, when GM rolls these vehicles out and, and Ford has a similar thing going on with their Ford Exposition and um, um, Lincoln Navigator in that it's important to keep the heritage of these vehicles or, or the just sort of the, uh, uh, the linear pattern of the design constant because there is such a huge audience for these vehicles you don't want to offend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think these look... Big and clean and new, and I think they did a good job of sort of keeping them exactly where they need to be in the marketplace. But what do you think?
2: I would totally agree with you, and um, you know, I, I think that uh, what they've done with the Yukon, especially, and I haven't seen the suburban Tahoe uh, duo either yet, um, but they added a lot of really excellent content. And they didn't really raise the price. I think they said base SLE only increases only increases by like hundred dollars, and then you know the the mid level um, SLT doesn't have any price increase, and then the the Yukon I think they said was uh, like a seven hundred dollar increase. Um, so for the amount of content that they added and the cool features that are available, you know, in addition to the handsome design and um, keeping it. Uh, you know, it, it, in the place that it needs to be. Like, I think they did a pretty amazing job.
1: Yeah, handsome is a good word for the design, I think. I think they look brawny, but they still look mm-hmm. kind of clean and sleek. In terms of content um, and content for the dollar, these are expensive vehicles and have mm-hmm. been for a long time. For sure. So mm-hmm. so holding the line on pricing may not be the gift it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> But it is cool. I mean, it is cool that it, they have not apparently raised prices uh, as much as they probably could have. But there's more competition now than there used to be.
3: And it is, it is, yeah, just to give an idea of what that uh, price range span is, the base Yukon... Which would be a two-wheel drive SLE mm-hmm. that starts at you. you can't get into Yukon uh, for less than fifty thousand no. dollars. The base SLE is fifty thousand seven hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, the four by four Denali, that starting price is seventy one thousand four hundred dollars. The test vehicle we had was eighty three thousand seven hundred twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and 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 remarkably uh, in this segment. It, it, it's kind of similar to the full-size pickups. It, yeah. it seems like they, the customers will pay it. If you, if they are in the market for something that big, they are willing to pay uh, big dollars to get it. And both the Navigator and the Cadillac Escalade, uh, they, they crest the $100,000 mark. So those are six-figure vehicles in their top trim
1: levels. They are. And and when you drive them, you're always conscious of the price of them. But it is what the market will bear. People do pay these prices for these vehicles, and they do get the utility that they expect from them. These are very functional, very big, very roomy, very comfortable vehicles. And My short time with, with the Yukon Denali, I came away very impressed. I thought the interior was mm-hmm. better than it used to be. Although Damon's got some nits to pick about the interior, and, <laughs> and I don't disagree with him, but but I was most impressed, I think, by the just the general refinement of the vehicle. It, it rides well. It's very quiet. The interior is nice. But I think most impressive, the ten speed automatic transmission, which is relatively new to General Motors, works very well with the six point two liter V eight that is standard on Denali and available on some of the other. Yukon's and it is it is powerful and the ships are very smooth and we even saw relatively good fuel economy
3: Relatively speaking yeah we were, <laughs> did, uh,
0: were <laughs>
3: None of these none of these things are are what you would call economical no. uh, yeah. But I think did we hit 17 and that was in mixed driving Yeah, yeah. Well, actually almost Lucky. 18 we got 17.8 miles per gallon um,
2: So I'm got 13.2
3: yeah you might, did you have more city driving than we did
2: um well, you know, i i i usually try and take it out as far as I can and then come back so i I head up uh to um Skokie Lagoons, which is what about twenty miles away fifteen eighteen miles away, and then come back so i I had a decent amount of city or highway driving with some city mixed mm-hmm. in
3: You must be a lead foot then Jill
2: <laughs> i have well six point two liter v eight engine. Um, would be, it's really easy to be a lead foot in that car because it does go fast, fast.
1: An important thing exactly. to think about in terms of this fuel economy, this is a huge vehicle with enormous mm-hmm. towing capacity and all sorts of space and power. And, and Damon, you'll recall this, when when I first joined Consumer Guide almost 20 years ago, we had a long-term Lincoln Navigator in the test fleet. And this is the first uh, of the yeah. Lincoln Navigators. And it was, it was as big as this, this Yukon we're talking about now and not nearly as powerful. Uh, And we had a very difficult time then keeping our fuel economy above 10 10 MPG. So, the improvement in the last 20 years, last 15 years, is considerable. And while 17 sounds dismal, and it would be if you were driving a Honda Accord, it's actually (laughs) really impressive for something that weighs nearly 6,000 pounds.
3: And, And has three full rows of seats, including a back seat that you can fit average size adults into yeah. uh that has it's a four-wheel drive that has you know uh, a fair amount of off-road capability and as you said towing capability uh the other thing that I, you know I, I i'm loathe to recommend these gigantic vehicles to people who don't really need them and i think there are a fair number of consumers that buy them who don't really need them unfortunately, uh, unfortunately but and the, the upside and the downside of that, one of the things that makes these vehicles so attractive uh, is that they really do, they are remarkably easy to handle for something that's well past 5,000 pounds and as huge as it is. Um, and the dimensions are big enough that it can be tricky to pull into a grocery store parking lot spot and maneuver in tight quarters, but they make it a lot easier with Um, This Yukon is available with up to nine different camera views. Uh, So there are like uh, a hitch guide for your trailer. There is uh, side views. There's a 360 degree uh, monitor that shows you a complete perimeter view of the vehicle. That really does make it a lot easier to find where the corners of this gigantic vehicle are uh, that makes it a lot easier to uh, maneuver. And one of the things, we've seen this kind of crop up in a number of different vehicles. It's especially handy in a plus size vehicle like this. And that is the rear view camera mirror so the rear view mirror functions as a obviously a traditional rearview mirror with reflective glass but you can also by flipping the day night toggle switch beneath the mirror you can activate a video camera monitor that is within that mirror itself uh, that's pretty handy uh, when you've got like the the Rear window is as far back as it is and you've got headrests people sitting in the second and third rows maybe some big boxes that would block your view through the rear view mirror in the traditional way because the camera is mounted on the back of the vehicle you bypass all that stuff
2: yeah well you know and and you know the cameras themselves like I, I they're totally necessary um, and and absolutely helpful I I live in the city of Chicago and my garage is off of an alley. And so, um, lots of trash cans and obstacles and things that you, uh, want to (laughs) miss when you're trying to get Uh into a garage space, um, including things that are in my garage. And, uh, I was actually surprised by the fact that using those cameras, I was able to back into my garage and fit in my garage and uh, I did not think that this vehicle would fit, but it did.
1: Um, hmm. Damon, now you and I have had this conversation offline. When you're sitting in the, the driver's seat of, of the Yukon Denali, and again, this is the top line version of the Yukon, uh, it's a pretty nice looking interior, but we have noticed that, and especially you have noticed, that there are a couple places where GM hmm. may have taken some shortcuts. Talk about those
3: yeah i i don't it'll be very interesting to see what the cadillac escalade looks like because yeah, G, yeah. the yukon denali is obviously the top gmc version mm-hmm. of this vehicle but it's going to be significantly there, there will be a significant gap between it and the escalade which is the full lux version um we've just i think with gm interiors they're not quite at the level of say like a ram 1500 pickup i mean uh, Ram knocked it out of the park with those interiors. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. As you get there, there are some nice uh, leather-wrapped things, and the upholstery is nice. But there's also a fair amount of hard plastic that you see as you get deeper into the interior, like down by your knees, uh, right. where it's a little less obvious. And and you, that, to a certain extent, you have to understand that okay, the Denali is. Our test vehicle is $83,000, but a lot of those parts are also used on the $50,000 version. Mm -hmm. So when you've got a 30K plus gap, um, that $83,000 version is the decked out version of a more mainstream level vehicle. So all the interior uh, uh, components may not be full lux.
1: It's interesting too that I mentioned that from the driver's seat the interior is pretty nice, but you have to step up into these vehicles, and as you step up into, like the Yukon Denali that we tested, it's then that you see things that are probably not as attractive as they could be, and it's the cowl around the base of the, of the seat, the driver's seat where the uh, the seat. The power seat controls are and and the cowl around the steering column also look kind of cheap to me and you see these things before you get in and before you're impressed so yeah i don't know there's little fit and finish things that kind of bother me but i think the quality is actually very nice once you're in the driver's seat i think controls feel good the dash top is nice most of the brightwear looks good and i think that was real wood in our test car but i'm not sure but it, it presents well when you're in a particular position but if you poke around maybe not as well as it could Mm -hmm. all right kids we're out of time for this segment but we're going to uh we're going to take a break and when we come back we talk to dave sloan of the chicago automobile trade association we'll be right back
0: Welcome back to the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast.
1: All right, we're back. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast, and I am Tom Appel, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. Hey, thanks for sticking around. All right, this is the part of the show where I strongly suggest that you follow me on Twitter. I am car guy Tom. that is car underscore guy underscore Tom on Twitter. I promise to entertain you. All right. Our guest today is president of the Chicago Automobile Trade Association and general manager of the Chicago Auto Show. He's also an avid runner and he just became a grandfather for the second time. Welcome to the Car Stove Podcast, Dave Sloan. Dave, how's it going?
0: Great, great, thanks, Tom. And I can attest that uh, I follow you on Twitter, and uh, they will be entertained if they follow you. So.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I appreciate the good word, Dave. Thanks. Hey, where are you calling in from? Are you are you at the office or are you at home?
0: At the office. Yeah, at the office in uh, Oakbrook Terrace.
1: Okay. Now, Dave, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, this is a very strange time to try and produce an auto show. <laughs>
0: It's, it's time to try and do a lot of things. But, yeah, a big event is is uh, high on the list of uh, of those things. That's true. That's true. Now, the so Chicago Auto Show. Uh, oh, go ahead, Dave. Go ahead. No, go ahead.
1: I was just going to say that the Chicago Auto Show was the last major North American auto show before things got crazy. So you guys were the last one standing. And now everyone is scrambling to reschedule their shows and trying to predict how this, this this cloud of COVID is going to separate and how things can happen. And I imagine now people are knocking on your door and, and, and shooting you emails trying to figure out what your plans are for, um, for 2020 or 2021.
0: Well, better yet, we're knocking on other people's doors trying to figure out uh, whether we're going to be allowed to open. So uh, we Ah. just talked to McCormick Place and uh, the uh, Metropolitan Period Exposition Authority last week and presented them with our plan to have a safe and responsible uh, show and uh, how, you know, all the different things we do to try to make that happen. And uh, and they uh, agreed with everything we had to say and um, uh, are going to set up some meetings for us with the city and the state. So we're hopeful.
1: That's exciting. So the plan is to go ahead with the auto show um, and essentially make it face mask safe.
0: Sure. So we would have a face mask mandate and uh, there, you know, at McCormick Place itself has what's called a GBAC uh, accreditation. So that's the GBAC is like the global bio risk, something or other, something or other. And it it's uh, how the, uh, how the, the event industry is is trying to make sure that the, that the venues are safe and clean and doing things the right way. And like, uh, for instance, our cleaning company is going for a GBAC accreditation and should have that in a week. So we should be in pretty good shape there. But some of the things that we're looking at uh, and, and trying to use to our benefit to get open are obviously the face mask mandate and uh, and all the things the exhibitors are doing to um to do things safely but we're expanding the show believe it or not so that
1: Hmm.
0: we got some we got some extra space from mccormick place they've got plenty of extra space and we're gonna give that space to all of our exhibitors who take the same amount of space as they did last year so they wouldn't Hmm. bring less exhibit or more cars they just spread it all out a little bit better and we'd have Bigger, wider aisles and uh, bigger displays, so that people could um, spread out more, and that allows us. So we're going to sell all tickets online, and have timed uh, windows that would be limited. So on a Saturday, mm-hmm. you wouldn't see the crush of, of people that you'd usually have on a Saturday. Right. And um, and and then we'd also try to. Um, Try to do it so it wasn't. We're not going in three-hour blocks, and then we have another three-hour black block waiting to get in because that makes a crush of people in the Grand Concourse waiting to get in. So we'll have a, a 9 to noon block and a 10 to 1 block and an 11 to 2 block, and, and we'll just kind of taper those people in. We'll know who's coming in on the show floor. We'll, we'll scan them on the way out as well. Everyone will have a QR code. Everyone will have the opportunity, for instance, let's take the Jeep ride that's so popular at our show, the indoor test track that Jeep puts up. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd have that the opportunity to register for that uh, in your timed entrance window before the show so you wouldn't have to wait in a 45-minute line because those hmm. are the things, that, that prolonged exposure is mm-hmm. it, are the things that are, are more unsafe than just walking around an auto show. And, you know, think about McCormick Place where it's 1.2 million square feet and 40-foot ceilings. We run, you know, as many as... 30 cars all show long <laughs> and, we right. Right. and the ca- carbon monoxide levels are always being, uh, um, always being checked and they never have a problem because they know how to move air in that place. Right. Um, uh, you think about a move in of a show where all those 18 wheelers are on the show floor being unloaded. Even that's a safe situation with all those diesel trucks going because they know how to move air. And so we think we can do it safely. Um, we just need to convince the authorities and convince the uh, <laughs> attendees.
1: What authorities do you still need to convince?
0: Oh, you know, just the, 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 the Mayor's office and the governor's uh-huh. office, you know, the, the people who are saying you, you have to do this or you have to do that. So um, just like all the restaurants are trying to get uh, open, uh, we're trying to make sure we're able to open the McCormick Place in February. And, and of course, there's more questions than answers. We just don't know what sure. things are going to look like, when the vaccine is going to be available, and then even what a vaccine means uh, at that time. So, so we'll see, you know. <laughs> we're We're very hopeful, oh. wouldn't it be cool to be the first one uh, you know the yeah. last one to to be mm-hmm. held and the first one to be held? Wow, what a great uh, what a great uh, stroke of luck that would be
1: so how as as a, an attendee of the show, and I always am by the way every every show <laughs> since nineteen seventy seven um how would the show be different? I'm guessing that the cars would be locked, and people wouldn't be able to get into the cars.
0: No, no, not necessarily. Um, the uh, In fact, one exhibit company uh, gave us a presentation about how they, like, instead of cleaning cars when you weren't looking, they'd be cleaning cars <laughs> while you were looking uh, and <laughs> keeping cars safe. There, some of our dealers, early on, uh, started um, working to clean and disinfect cars of first responders uh, free of charge. And believe it or not, and, and you may have seen some of the the commercials uh, it, they almost look like leaf blowers, and they 're blowing this <laughs> yes. this um, this uh, disinfectant onto cars. that stuff lasts six months it kills uh, mm. the uh, the covid virus for six months, but it would be a regular cleaning of of cars so um, but they even said something you know as small as On the the ride and drives, the cars would have rubber mats rather than uh, carpet mats because rubber mats are easier to clean than carpet ones. Which you know, like wow, you're thinking of everything. That's awesome. You know,
3: I know that, and and in some ways, it really wouldn't even be that much of a shift because every Chicago auto show, you have the the coverall squad. With the yeah. uh, wipe down rags and spray <laughs> bottles that are constantly uh, spit shining and polishing like the vehicles from the outside, so I think yeah, attendees yeah. are kind of already used to a cleaning staff uh, having a presence there.
0: Yeah, and and, and, and this exhibit company that uh, that presented to us, they said they'd probably do it even a little bit. You know, they might uh, put some stanchion up and wear brightly colored uh, uh, vests and things like that, so that you. S- the attendees saw how careful they were being. And, and you know, uh, it, it's another thing how um, at shows they offer places to sit down and charge your phone. So the new thing to draw people into the displays, you know, are going to be hand sanitizers. There's going to be so much mm-hmm. hand sanitizer available. <laughs> the show floor. It's going to be crazy. So okay. what do you need? Oh, oh.
1: Dave, what you need to develop, and I don't think it exists yet, is is hand sanitizer that is scented not by lemon, but by interior. I need I need like, uh, a, Yeah, new,
3: new
0: car, car smell hand sanitizer. Yeah. sanitizer. <laughs> Tom, there's there's going to be a place for you on Shark Tank here very soon.
2: <laughs> well, so Dave, I have work?
0: a. Oh, go ahead, Joe
2: yeah i have a question for you because um you know one of the great things about the chicago auto show is that you have a lot of like specialty days um like you've started like a craft beer night and women's day and and things like that and last year um you know tom mentioned that you're a runner so i can't help bringing this up last year you guys (laughs) had the first ever indoor race at the chicago Auto show so um i'm just wondering like are, are you going to be doing some of these things and, you know, will you be able to do them? Have you even started thinking about that yet? And, you know, specifically, yeah, of course, I'm of those, asking about the race. <laughs>
0: <laughs> some of those special things might might be taking a one year hiatus. I I talked to right. uh the head of care the other day and uh as much as both of us would love to do that again, uh we mm-hmm. might be uh we might be taking a year off on that and doing it again uh the the uh the following year. But but it was a great success and we hope to bring that back. I I said to him that was one of the best things we did this past show. So uh I hope we get to do it again.
2: And yeah. So and and was, so some well, of the other specialty nights, would you also be able to yeah, do then or we'd, not do? We'd have to. We'd,
0: we'd just have to see, um, you know, what, uh, the, again, the authorities allow us to do. Obviously, we want to make sure we can do First Look for Charity again. And uh, I just thought, wow, that's going to be tough. Mm with all of the food that we have available and you know in buffets mm. and food buffets just aren't the thing anymore uh so um but I called our guy who we work with on uh, who's our uh Brings all the restaurants into the to first look for charity and coordinates all the food from from McCormick Place Food Service, uh, the saver and uh, he said, oh, we'll just do it with bento boxes, no problem." <laughs> I thought, oh my gosh, that's awesome! That's a great idea. So you know, individually thing, uh, individual things with lots of great food in them, and uh, maybe maybe we could still pull it off. We'll see. But even the car giveaway, we need to not have something where there's a crush of people. Uh, every Everyone right. waiting for the car. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: my good friend Mark Bielek is going to figure out a way to put out the number of the winning number, uh, push it out on uh, on the auto show app, and and people will find out that way. Um, so it won't be the program that people are used to, but uh, someone on the show floor still could have the chance to win a, a new vehicle.
1: Hmm. Well, that's very cool. Yeah. Now, Dave, you have some non-auto show news, too. You, of course, represent the Chicago Automobile Dealers, um, and you guys are doing something with the USO this summer. Tell us about that.
0: Yeah, so we've done that for, this will be the eighth year in a row, and the history on it is kind of cool. USO of Illinois was trying to put together this program. It was just supposed to be, you know, sort of in your backyard, and they called it Barbecue for the Troops, and individuals would have fundraisers like you and me in our backyard. And lucky for them, uh, they had one of our members, uh, Evanston Subaru owner, Rob Patter, was on the board at the time, and he called me and said, Dave, we have this program, and I think it'd be great for dealers. All the dealers have a grill. All they have to do is pull out a grill and put out a tin cup. (laughs) And I said, Rob, that's a great idea. And and sure enough, you know, the dealers got a hold of this thing and nine hundred thousand dollars later we're doing it for the for the eighth time. And we've had probably six hundred fundraisers over that course of that time at, at dealers across Chicago. And this year like every everything this year is going to be a little bit different so some dealers might still feel comfortable having some kind of barbecue at their 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 um uh, dealership but uh many are just doing sort of month long fundraisers that uh that people can take part in uh, October 3rd is barbecue for the troops but the whole month of October is is go- we're going to be out with our messaging uh to help USO and uh help them help the troops uh and, and uh you know you forget they're they're working on uh, the troops are are front lines around the world but also here in Illinois during covid i mean it, it, the national guard was out at so many different places um even with the protests going on there they've been deployed so uh no matter where they are they need our help and um and uh, we we've been able to raise a lot of money for them, and we hope we can do that again this year.
1: Now, October third is a Saturday, and for dealers who are participating, if folks want to stop by, they can just drive to their local dealer, maybe uh, enjoy sure. some
0: barbecue. So, the thing to do then, the thing to do is ahead. to go to DriveChicago.com, dot com, and we'll have a list of dealers who are participating, and in the on that uh, list, we'll. Uh, will show whether they're doing an event that day or they're doing a month-long event or maybe a combination of the two. So you can get all the information you need right at DriveChicago.com.
1: Now, Dave, um, going back to the auto show thing a little bit, do you have any thoughts about um, the rescheduling of other auto shows we know for example now that the Detroit Auto Show uh will not happen for almost 3 years. It it seems amazing that that's the way that happened, but it has also moved again. It was going to be in June and now I guess it's going to be further towards the end of the year. How do you think this affects the the auto show cycle and what is the ripple effect?
0: Well, they were reacting to LA moving from their normal spot in November and uh they took great uh, uh, offense to to LA moving to May in order to have a show and and you know <laughs> as soon as they could and I found that interesting because the history of that is Detroit used to uh, put their show right on top of the L.A. Auto Show in early January and that's what caused uh, L.A. to move to November uh, <laughs> and so everyone had short <laughs> memories that uh, when, when L.A. moved again because of COVID and um, Detroit got all harumphy about it, and some of the media in Detroit uh, got (laughs) harumphy about it. It was hilarious. So when they moved to September, they just thought that was a a stroke of genius. Well, September was always there for them to take. (laughs) Nobody was there except for uh, some shows in Europe. But uh, evidently that was the uh, move of the century. So, um, yeah, I have some thoughts on it. (laughs) It's inside baseball. Inside baseball, but I have a few thoughts on it. (laughs) <laughs> so, but you know more power to them because it is a nice time of the year uh in in um Michigan. And it's probably a better weather time to do it uh, than in June, which could be questionable. So hopefully it works out for them. They're trying to do things inside Kobo or inside, I forget what they call it now, but uh, and outside on Jefferson Avenue there. So so I hope, I, I've always thought they should have made that the finish line of uh, of the Woodward dream cruise. I don't know why they wouldn't do that timing because you bring so many car lovers into the, that area and you, it would just work so well with the Detroit auto show. But, Nobody asked me how to run the Detroit Auto Show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If people want to know more about the
1: Chicago Auto Show, they can go to ChicagoAutoShow.com. And as far as we know, that's still going to happen February 13th through 21st. People who want to know more about the barbecue for the troops, they can go to DriveChicago.com. Does that sound right, Dave?
0: That sounds right. Thank you very much.
1: Dave, thank you. We're out of time, but we would love to have you back on the show sometime. That'd be great. Thank you. All right, that was Dave Sloan with the Chicago Automobile Trade Association. We'll be right back.
0: Welcome back to the Consumer Guide Car Stuff podcast.
1: All right, we're back. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff podcast, and I am Tom Appel, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. Grateful that you're listening to the rest of the show. Hey, Jill.
2: Hey, what?
1: Hey, Jill. You're in. Uh, you do social media stuff. You dabble in that kid, uh, that kid-friendly environment. Uh, how can kids find you?
2: <laughs> I I do dabble a little bit. Um yeah, really basically on any social medium that exists, you can search for Jill Simonello and that's all one word, J I L L C I M I N I L L O, and you will find me. So um, you know, my MySpace, Facebook. <laughs> Since you didn't, you know, uh go with your obscure list foursquare. Uh, this week, I figured I'd just I'd throw that in there for you, so I I, I could I could say yeah, if, if it exists, I'm probably on there.
1: Uh, I appreciate that. Hey Damon, <laughs> Damon, how can the kids read your Yelp reviews?
3: Uh, don't have Yelp reviews, but if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can look up Damon oh. Bell likes cars. Yes,
1: you should post Yelp reviews on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, the, is there enough character space for that? I'd have to split it up into several tweets,
1: I guess. I don't know. Well, and then you get into like Indian and Italian food with really long words. And um, <laughs> yeah, then it's, there's not enough characters. All right, kids. <laughs> it turns out we probably need to spend a little bit more time talking about that Yukon because you both have a feature of that vehicle you'd like to talk about. Damon, tell us about that crazy center console.
3: Yeah. One of the, we didn't get to this in the first segment, but, uh, our test vehicle was equipped with an uh, interesting extra cost feature. It's another 350 bucks to get a power sliding floor console, which is essentially the center console bin that you know most new vehicles have in between the driver and front passenger seat. Uh, on the this option, uh, powers it so that that whole center console bin and the lid powers backward, thus revealing uh, an open shelf area, which would be a decent place to put a purse. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, once that console is powered back, there is a hidden drawer that slides out of the base of the uh, console bin, which is a, a nice place to stash you know, things, uh, smartphone, wallet, something like that. And then if you power it forward, that drawer is hidden again. Uh, and it's locked so a neat feature uh, we were kind of scratching our heads a little bit as to why it was necessary for it to be a powered feature and especially (laughs) while while the button to activate it is overhead by the rear view mirror so you have to press and hold it uh to power it forward or backward but uh yeah a a neat feature nonetheless
1: i am extremely conflicted about that option i am very lazy (laughs) and very impatient and the two don't work well together and it takes a long time for that to power back but i like someone else or something else opening the console for me but ultimately i think that people can probably pass on that option and still fully enjoy that vehicle Mm -hmm. Uh, now jill you played with the nav system and there's one really cool feature about the nav system we didn't get to talk about it
2: Yeah, so um, I I say it's part of the Super Duper uh, package. Uh, It's an eleven thousand dollars option, which is why our vehicle was eighty three thousand dollars. But is it actually
1: called the Super Duper package?
2: No, it's not called the Super Duper package, but it feels like it's Uh, Super Duper Denali
3: Ultimate package. Yes, that includes a ton of equipment. (laughs) Yeah, lots of. So
2: it's Super Duper. Uh but the the one thing that it includes that I kinda of played with a little bit is this rear seat entertainment system and those those screens are like twelve inches long big. I mean they're huge, but so the um Screen like you can set a navigation point while you're sitting in the rear seat. So say you want coffee or you need a snack and you're on a road trip, you can find like the Starbucks Dunkin' Donuts or Spunky Dunkers uh, (laughs) in your, you know, location and um, send, you know, set that as the navigation, send it to the driver and then the driver can look at it and say, Hey, yeah, let's, let's go to Spunky Dunkers and then accept it. And then the navigation will reroute you to um, that location. So I mean, the driver does have to accept it. But it's just really cool. Like If you're talking as a family on a road trip, hey, I want to go to this place, and the driver can't obviously Type in spunky dunkers while they're driving, you know, the rear seat passenger can do it, send it forward, and, you know, then the navigation resets. So I just, I thought that was like a really neat, weird feature that I haven't seen in anything before. And um, certainly worth noting uh, as we, uh, you know, we're talking about some cool features.
1: It seems key that the driver has to accept it. Otherwise, obnoxious yeah. kids in the back seat. Don't know <laughs> Always be going to like Chuck E. Cheese's or McDonald's McDonald's. McDonald's,
3: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) maybe
1: maybe Superdog if you're local here. (laughs) All right, right, kids, it is quiz time and I hope you're ready. Uh, In in honor of Dave Sloan's appearance on our show today. Today's Car Stuff Power Quiz is all about the Chicago Auto Show. Mm.
2: That's a good one. I, I will actually agree with you. This is a really cool quiz.
1: All right. All right. Uh, The Car Stuff Podcast Power Quiz is brought to you this week by Damon Bell Likes Cars. Who likes cars? (laughs) Damon does. Give him a follow on Twitter. All right.
3: Now do I have to pay you for that?
1: Yeah, $281. Okay. Okay, you you got Uh, an
3: installment plan?
1: I don't. I don't. You can just slip it under my door. Uh, I just need to check. All right, Jill, (laughs) the first question goes to you. Are you ready? Okay. I, need some I sort of,
2: am totally ready.
1: I need a verbal acknowledgement. Hey, Jill. Hey, what? All right, perfect. Uh, in what year was the production <laughs> Plymouth Prowler first seen at the Chicago Auto Show? Was it 1996
2: or 1998? Ooh. Plymouth Prowler. When Plymouth was still a brand. Um, uh-huh. Gosh. I was like still in... High school um i'm gonna go with 96
1: damon 96 or 98 repeat the question again sure in what year was the production plymouth prowler first seen at the chicago auto show 1996 or 1998
3: Boy, that's tricky. I, I know a fair amount about this vehicle and the concept I wanna say was around ninety three. Um ninety-two I think it was a I think it was a was it a ninety seven model year vehicle? I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Jill and say ninety six. You
1: both get a point.
2: Wow. Yay, we need big cheering in the background by
1: the way all my questions came from first to 100 an excellent book by mitch Frumkin and the late great jim matea and it's a book about the first hundred years of the chicago auto show so i unlike most of my quizzes these answers should be correct (laughs) all right damn it true or false british auto brand jensen was represented at the 1972 chicago auto show
3: I will say true.
1: All right. Jill?
2: That is a very obscure question. Um, I will shake it up and say false.
1: Okay. Damon is correct. Uh, Damon, just so you know, they had three cars at the 1972 Chicago Auto Show. One of them was a yellow Interceptor with a black top and a Chrysler 440, which is... Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, That just sounds awesome.
3: I remember the Interceptor. Yeah. Interesting car with a gigantic uh, hatchback or a gigantic fastback glass in
1: the back. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So that's one point for Damon. Um, Let's see. This question goes to Jill. Jill, General Motors Saturn brand made its debut at which Chicago auto show? Was it 90, 91, or 92?
2: Hmm. The first car I ever bought was a Saturn, uh, but I do not know the answer to this question. Um, I will say 91.
1: Damon?
3: The options were 90, 91, and 92? Correct.
1: Mm,
3: I'm going to say 90.
1: Oh, Jill gets this one. Oh. 1991 which was the first model year for saturn was it not
2: i
3: don't know uh, it sounds right that's why i was kind of thinking it, it felt like it was earlier to me um yeah. so i was thinking if it was 91 it could have been in advance of them
1: actually going on sale all right this is exciting we have a two to two tie two to two tie rolling into Do-do-do. the fourth question two to two all right, Damon. In what year did the Chicago Auto Show move across Lakeshore Drive to McCormick Place South, its current location? Uh, for the record, the old facility was subsequently named the Lakeside Center. Did that move that that move take place in 1992,
0: 1997,
3: or 2003? Uh, I'm going to say 1992.
1: All right, Jill
2: uh oh i'll say 97.
1: jill gets it 19, oh, really just before we started covering the industry there
2: yeah
1: all right it is three to two in jill's favor as we roll into the last official question uh this question goes to jill jill in what year was the first chicago auto show held was it 1987 <laughs> 1901 1905 or
2: <laughs> uh, 2013 two, uh, 2013 uh no that is not my answer um y- uh, you said
1: 1901 80 or 97
2: 01 or 05 uh, i'm gonna say 01
1: all right damon i will agree with jill 1901 well you're both right which means jill has won the quiz so But, as is our way, we read the bonus question because, hey, why not? (laughs) Damon, this question goes to you first. Damon, what is the name of the vendor known for selling fudge at the Chicago Auto Show? (laughs) Is it Ruby's, Ryba's, Rico's, or Uncle Mort's? (laughs) Uncle Mort's. (laughs) Uh,
3: It is Ryba's, R-Y-B-A-S apostrophe s uh
1: jill he seems certain
2: uh he really does seem certain um because i was going to say ruby um i, I don't can. really eat fudge um but that, i'll say that's it's your
1: dust. loss my friend it,
2: total totally my loss um i yeah I'll, I'll i you know we'll shake it up again i'll, I'll say rubies
1: it is not rubies it is in fact ribos uh huh? Uncle Mortz no longer sells fudge at the Chicago Auto Show.
2: <laughs> Did they ever?
1: No, I don't. Just yeah, as so I that's don't know. You made up, right? Yeah. It would be weird to learn there is a vendor named Uncle Mortz. <laughs> All right, kids. Hey, Damon. Yes. Just, just for fun, tell us what's going on at the CG Daily Drive blog.
3: Uh, well, as you might expect, given our discussion uh, this week, we have a full test drive review of that 2021 GMC Yukon Denali. Um, so if you want more detail about uh, the vehicle that we talked about today, you can check out that review. Actually, I believe, Jill, you've got a write-up too. We can put that yes. on our uh, Facebook page as well. So, yeah, we've uh, we got a full write-up on the Yukon Denali. Interestingly enough, uh, the article we published before the Yukon, Uh, was one of its direct competitors, and that's the 2020 Ford Expedition uh, Max Platinum, which is the Max denotes the extended length version of the Expedition, which, interestingly enough, the regular length Yukon compares pretty well with in terms of uh, maximum cargo volume. Um, And that's one more indication of how big (laughs) these GM vehicles have gotten with the 2021 redesign. Uh, So full review on that also have a review on the most off-road focused version of toyota's rav4 compact crossover that's the trd off-road um and then uh (laughs) tom you are you kind of have a fixation on the the (laughs) very aggressive lexus spindle grill uh front end design (laughs) and uh they (laughs) lexus has announced
1: what makes you say that, that yeah
3: uh, you, you 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 talk about it a lot <laughs> <laughs> and you were uh, you uh, you did an article uh spotlighting a uh, Lexus minivan that uh fortunately or unfortunately depending on your perspective will almost certainly not be offered in the United States, and that's the lexus lm uh interesting for a couple reasons one is it has what is probably the largest iteration of that uh provocative uh spindle grille front end design Mm. and also it is it is available in such a decked out executive express trim level that you can totally consider it a minivan limousine basically
1: i I need to talk about how delightfully perverse that vehicle is in its ultimate form (laughs) and and that's that you can get that vehicle and and people should go to the the blog post and watch the video because there's a Lexus promotional video um, for the vehicle this vehicle sold primarily in China where people like to be limousine chauffeured around but there is a two-seat version of this vehicle where there's just two two rear seats right yeah not three
3: rows but just two seats in back yeah
1: so you have a full minivan with like the biggest weirdest grill on the planet It (laughs) just seems two people. And the video is awesome because you see this, like, young Chinese entrepreneur. And early in the video, he's just, like, doing some sort of business with a more senior executive. And they're both lying back there in their first-class seats. And then later on, he's going to some big show with his girlfriend or wife. And they're sucking down some champagne back there. And it's (laughs) like, this is the coolest thing in the world. And I think in that form, the vehicle is about $215,000, which makes it the most expensive Lexus you can buy anywhere on the planet. Ah
3: and once and once you think about it like yeah uh, americans i guess we've we've seen that there are limo stretched versions of big suvs but really a minivan is an ideal vehicle Mm -hmm. for a limo luxury executive transport uh, type thing just this they're exceptionally easy to get in and out of there's a ton of yeah. space including of you know uh vertical space that you wouldn't get in a traditional passenger car based limo so yeah uh maybe the chinese market is onto something and we need to we need to have a full lux uh two seat limousine minivans in the <laughs> u.s as well
1: You know, the interesting thing about that, too, is in America, traditionally, limousines had been based on big Cadillacs and big Lincolns. Obviously, those big sedans don't exist anymore, but they were often ostentatious on the outside. And the interior was usually fairly cheap. The added seat was usually vinyl. There was all sorts of really nasty carpeting and weird neon lighting, but they were tasteless. And it's weird (laughs) to take the whole concept of a limousine and take it to the Lexus level where the interior of this thing is flat out beautiful. I -hmm. can almost see this working in North America. Mm -hmm. Almost, it would be a small market.
3: Maybe, maybe tone down the grill a little bit.
2: Maybe, yeah, (laughs) or not. I actually like the spindle grill, but I will say on this vehicle, it looks not good. (laughs)
1: That's
2: (laughs) the nicest thing I can say.
1: All right. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us again, Jill How do you like the grill? Not good. Not good. Yeah. All right, kids. We are flat out of time, as we often are at the end of the show, which is when you want to run out of time. Um, (laughs) That's a little. Not at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, thanks again for being here. Uh, Special thanks to Dave Sloan and the folks at the Chicago Automobile Trade Association. Uh, Thanks to Jill Semidillo, co-host Damon Bell. Uh, Thanks to producer Lady B and the good folks here at WCPT AM 820 in Chicago. You'd think that producing the show during the COVID virus uh, crisis would be difficult, and it really hasn't been. Also, thanks to my radio mentor, Steve and Johnny. That is the stuff. Let's talk some more about cars next week.